Hey, welcome to You Had Me at Black. I'm Martina Abraham Zalunga. This week's story comes from CJ. She goes on a one-night stand and comes back with some unexpected news. Here's what happened. I want you to breathe all this in. You're listening to You Had Me at Black. Black. Right in the heart of the city. Black. Man, listen, man. Black, black. (laughs) This is You Had Me at Black, and we live, baby. So, May, last year, I was living my best life. I had just bought a new car with my own credit. Right. I had celebrated 13 years in my career. I also lost 40 pounds. I'm still big fine though, like always. But I got healthier and shit, you know. My edges was coming in. I was feeling real good about myself, you know what I'm saying? So naturally, I felt like for just being such a diligent and like having it the fuck together as Woman, it was time for me to reward myself with some delicious dick. Yes, babies, it's that kind of story. Get comfortable, take a shot. So, coincidentally, there was a snack in my phone who had been texting me for a couple weeks. And he had been trying to get up with me. And I was like, all right, fine, go ahead. Take me out, daddy. Let's let's get it popping. So we go to this bar, and I could tell that he was on the same shit I was on, because it was real dark and seedy, looked like a couple of drinks in the corner, and it's a wrap. And that's basically what happened. We did some JMO shots, and we called the Uber. So we're back at this place. We getting it all the way in. Wig on the side of the nightstand and shit. And after we were done, he got me the hot rag, and I'm like, okay, I'll be right back. Don't act like y'all know about the hot rag. Like I said, it's that kind of story, people. So he gets the hot rag, and I'm in the bathroom taking care of what I gotta take care of, and I felt this like weird thing going on on the side of my leg, and I'm like, what the fuck kind of freaky shit? So I looked down, and the condom was right there on the leg. So I'm like, okay, let me let homeboy know. So I come in the room, and I'm like, hey, uh, do you know that this was not on you? Like, want to run that back? This motherfucker act dumbfounded and was like, uh, I, I ain't know, did you? Nah, nigga, I'm just in your room, butt-ass naked, dangling a condom in front of you like, yeah, I knew what the fuck happened. So after I concluded that shouldn't have gave this nigga no ass in the first place, I was like, all right, well, fuck it, I'll do it, said every black woman ever. And I tell him that I'm going to go ahead and get a plan B, what you finna do? He tells me he'll go half. I'm thinking, goofy nigga, but okay. So I go get the shit the following day. 7 a.m. in the morning, go get me a butter pecan iced coffee, go get me the plan B, blow the dust off the shit, thinking, damn, cold world, 
I hop in my car, I take the shit, I wash it down with the butter pecan iced coffee, of course, and go home because it's a day party later. And after that shit, a nigga need to shake her ass and just clear her mind, right? So I go home, kick it in and shit, everything easy peasy, no problems. Couple weeks later, I'm busting my ass, I'm working really hard. So one fine Sunday, I woke up feeling like I had the worst cramps in the fucking world. Like there's periods and then there's that. And I thought to myself, okay, this is about to be like a really, really intense cycle. So let me just go ahead and do what I need to do to stock up. And while I'm on my way to the Dollar Tree, I'm like, okay, why is my uterus being real extra? That motherfucker was like, hey, bitch, what you doing? Where we going? Um, I hope you're not going to go get you some always, because uh, let me see your uterus real quick. I need to borrow some. So I get about six uh, pregnancy tests and go. Yeah, I said six. I needed to fucking confirm that shit. I'm not about to just go on a fucking one-time-only shit. No, six. So, I get home, I have my pregnancy test, and before I got home, I stopped at McDonald's because I figured if I'm fucked, I might as well eat some fucked up shit. Hop in the shower, two Beyonce songs later, and all six of them shits was hot fucking pink. I'm like, okay. I'm pregnant as fuck. Fuck you, Plan B. What the fuck, Plan B? Why the fuck is it called Plan B if niggas is gonna be pregnant at the end of the fucking day? So I'm like, okay, well, now I gotta fucking call Black Brannigan, tacky ass, and let this nigga know that I'm fucking knocked up. So I hit him up, made it seem like I was about to give him some more ass, hop over to the crib, I greet him at the door in my little sundress. Ow. And when I sat on the couch ever so gently and slid my hand into my purse and whipped out all six pregnancy tests, dropped them on that nigga's lap, he looked at me like, well, what are these? This conversation was had on June 5th, mind y'all. So, I basically broke it down, let him know plan B ain't fucking work. He basically told me he ain't know what the fuck he was gonna do. But everything was gonna be okay, we hugged it out. And I thought to myself, you know, Randy Watson may not be so bad. So, I let him know, okay, I'm gonna decide what I'm gonna do, whether or not I'm gonna go ahead and keep it. And he told me whatever decision I make, he supports me in it, and that it's my body, my choice. So, the following week, I go to Planned Parenthood and I pick up all the brochures, I'm asking all of the questions that I need to ask. And in the car, while I'm reading just the first page of like how abortions work, I'm ugly crying. So, I already know, nah, this shit ain't gonna work. So, I'm like, okay, next option is adoption. And then I thought about it, okay, I have a black ass father for this kid, and if I put my kid in the system, nine times out of 10, 
some weird ass cornfield white family is gonna probably pick them up. And if it's a girl, she probably gonna have like, I don't know, six month old braids and shit dangling for her school pictures. My son probably gonna end up, I don't know, tying his shoes so fucking tight that they look like stitches and shit at the top of his foot. And I'm just like, you know what? I can't let a black life come into this world with unseasoned food. So I knew like it was definitely a go for me to just go ahead and keep my pregnancy. So I go to the doctor, I get my due date. I'm due on Valen fucking times day. Right. Let that marinate. So after I get the information from the doctor, I go ahead and hightail it to homeboy's house to let him know what's happening. And when I got there, his energy was like real weird and odd compared to the, I can't wait for you to get to my front door because I'm trying to fuck energy that I normally receive from him. So I let him know what's up. And that's when Sir Richard decided to refer to his almanac and let me know that the dates don't add up. <laughs> the dates don't add up, nigga. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, nigga, since uh, you got your dates, let me whip out my handy dandy calendar and give you my motherfucking timeline, okay? So May 10th through the 15th, I came on my period. May 16th, I proceeded to go to Jewel Osco where I purchased one apple cider vinegar and one pineapple. Why? Because I knew that on May 20th, the chances of me having sex with you was probably going to be a go. So on May the 21st, which was the night going into the morning of Sunday, we fucked the shit out of each other three times. I came twice, you came once. Your one nut bust into my one vagina. The following couple of hours, I was taking one plan B with one iced coffee and it failed, resulting in one pregnancy that I'm letting you know, you're the father. The due date is February the 14th, which is approximately 40 weeks from May 21st. Kill yourself, nigga. Don't fucking ever try to fucking play me. So after this dingy ass nigga decided that the math that he learned didn't compare to the math that I knew, he told me that he needed a little bit of time. I'm like, oh, uh, well, you basically got nine months of time, nigga, to figure it the fuck out. But being the very pregnant and fucking sick and nauseated person that I was at the time, I gave him five weeks of time to be in fact. So now, here we are on July 12th, and I am in the ultrasound room, and let me paint everybody this beautiful picture of what pregnancy looks like in the ultrasound room. You have an instrument about as long as this microphone with a camera on, it's in your vagina searching and making sure that things are in order. And I was doing that by myself because why deadbeats? That's why. The ultrasound tech had this weird ass glow look like she was just like over the moon and I'm like, damn bitch, it's my pussy, what the fuck? And 
She goes, so I have to ask you a really, really important question. Uh, is there a history of multiples in your family? Uh, I mean, my mama twin and her twin is identical. Why? Oh my God, that explains your twins. Okay, so here we go. We have baby A right here. And you see this one right here? It's the other baby. So, oh, bitch. <laughs> what you telling me is, <laughs> it's not just one of these motherfuckers in here, it's two. So, now it's time to fucking call Darkwing Duck. <sighs> this motherfucker was getting dangerous on the other side of town and decided that uh, he was gonna send me the voicemail. So I said, okay, well shit, text messages will still come through. You can block me all the fuck you want. I sent him a picture of my ultrasound and I'm like, uh, there's two of them. That's when my phone rang. <laughs> this motherfucker gets on the phone and after I tell him that it's twins, there was a long weird ass pause and I'm like, hello, uh, talk. He goes, well, uh, I don't know why I gotta keep saying this, but the dates don't add up. And uh, I think I already told you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really looking for nothing serious at the moment. Nigga, who the fuck is looking for anything? Uh, nigga, there's two people brewing in here. What the fuck are you gonna do? What does that have to do with being with you? But okay, uh, I mean, I told you I had a passion and I'm trying to pursue that. And I feel like if, you know what I'm saying, I, I dedicate uh, time to this whole father thing that like it's gonna take away from what I'm trying to do, you feel me? No nigga, I feel sick. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? Uh, I told you I was trying to be a comedian. Are you practicing, my nigga? Like, are you the punchline? So, in my pregnant logic, I think to myself, no, don't murk this nigga. Don't do it. There's only one sane parent right now, so you can't off his ass. Just do what you gotta do and prepare yourself to be a mother because at the end of the day, this nigga's stupid and they're still coming. So that's basically what I did. For the rest of my pregnancy, I worked, I worked two jobs actually, not just my career. I picked up some mall retail shit, pushing uh, lip gloss and whatever. And in the myriad of that, let me give you a little bit of the inside of my brain while I'm taking care of all of this shit. Because plot twist, I'm queer. Right. All that pregnant pause that y'all just had, that's what all my homies said when I said I was pregnant. Did you pay him for sperm? 
No. Uh, are you and your ex back together? He's trans. He can't impregnate me, so no. Uh, what's your mama say? I'm in my 30s, so what the fuck is she going to say? I'm grounded. I ended up basically being in labor for not one, not two, but three weeks. Let me explain that real quick. So basically, if anybody has had any sort of pregnant people in their life, they understand that as soon as your uterus effaces or thins down, that means that it's time. The next step is dilation, which means your cervix is opening up and your kid is coming out. You start at zero, you end at six. Once you get to six, you can push. I was at two for three fucking weeks. So after about four or five emergency room visits, because the hospital systems don't listen to black women, I told my doctor on January 28th, if y'all don't cut these kids the fuck out of me, I'm going to be cutting all of you. And thank God I did that shit because my son, when he was born, was dry. He did not have any amniotic fluid around him, which means he could have suffocated inside of me. So on January 30th, 12.02, I'm laying there and I'm thinking, can I sue plan B? Nah, dead ass, can I fucking sue plan B? You want to know why I asked that? Because if you are over 180 pounds and you take plan B, guess what? You're taking a Tylenol. I took the plan B when I was 220 pounds. So I'm laying there. My mom is wiping my mouth because I'm throwing up every couple of seconds due to not being able to uh, take anesthesia, but I need the shit because I'm having a fucking C-section, so I can't just go in there as is. And I'm thinking, I can't fucking believe that somebody like myself is actually in this shit. I was actually doing so much shit for myself, for my life. I didn't depend on anybody for anything. I didn't need anybody to give me any fucking thing, but here I am getting ready to have life come out of me. What the fuck? And in the middle of that, at noon, I hear the most beautiful cry that I ever heard in my life. And I turn to my mother and I say, is that my son? And she says, yes. That is your son. And then at 12.02, I heard a crystal clear, shrill cry. And I say, is that my daughter? And she says, yes, baby, that's your daughter. So on January 30th, at 12.02, I had the esteemed privilege and blessing to call Hassan Nasir, my son, and Naomi Lee, my daughter. 
It was the most beautiful moment that I could ever imagine. I felt like, finally, like, all the shit that I thought about at 11.59 versus the shit that I thought about at 12.01 just was completely irrelevant because now I actually have a purpose in my life. I have a meaning. I have two of them. And then the anesthesia wore off. Right, which I fucking thought. This ain't gonna be no Hallmark shit. I don't know if there's any mothers in the house. Okay, so they all can fucking vouch for me when I say motherhood in the first eight weeks fucking sucks. Don't let nobody tell you that shit different. These fucking bloggers and their damn Instagram filters and shit making it look like, oh, they just booped the baby out and everything was okay. No, nigga, let me let you know what the fuck happened. I'm in the hospital. I'm recovering, I'm swollen. I got everybody fucking coming to see me. And in the midst of them taking pictures and asking me questions and shit that I'm trying my drugged up hardest to answer, there's a fucking wet nurse on the side of me saying, well, you just need to put the boop in the mouth. Bitch. First of all, I'm fucking hungry because you can't drink nothing before the surgery and you can't eat nothing afterwards. I'm fucking thirsty, my shit dry as hell. And you got the audacity to fucking ask me why the fuck my son is not taking my titty? So I pull it together because I ain't got time. I gave birth in a white ass hospital and I ain't got time for nobody trying to take my kid away because I don't wild they ass out. And I go home. And that's when shit got fucking real. Because when I got home, Ask me how many days it took for me to take a shower. Ask me how many weeks it took for my feet to go down because of the swelling. Ask me if my uterus is still flat. Absolutely not. Shout out to the people that saw me beeline it to the back because I had to piss as soon as I walked in this motherfucker. That shit ain't fake. I got on my Spanx right now. And so while I'm at home, I'm thinking to myself, I'm so fucking elated and glad that I actually have two lives that are mine to call, that are part of my family, that are gonna carry my lineage and my heritage, but I'm also thinking, I cannot fucking believe that I had two fucking kids by a goofy ass nigga who basically told me that he wasn't gonna be around cause he gotta go tell jokes. That shit makes absolutely no sense. The next couple weeks after pregnancy was fucking crazy and I had to take my ass to work. I had to pick up life again. I had to act like nothing was fucking wrong. I had to go to the store, feed myself, clothe myself, do what I needed to do, and do that shit for two human beings who are helpless as fuck. And it's been a fucking struggle. I ain't gonna lie, it's been days I put 562 in the tank and made it fucking work on the light for a week and a half. But, I tell all of y'all my struggle about being a single mother and how I went from a carefree black girl to a mother of two, not because of this nigga and not because I'm just some bitter baby mother. I'm telling my story because when you look at me, you don't think what the fuck I just told you. I'm telling you this because my story is valid. Black single mothers' stories are valid. Black single mothers are the ones out here doing 
what these children out here need the most, loving them, protecting them, nurturing them. My son and my daughter are not fatherless. My son and my daughter will not have issues when they grow up because there was a void. Why? Because they have an auntie, they have uncles, they have grandpas, they have mommy, they have cousins. I'm talking about this because single mothers are so fucking undervalued and underappreciated. We are out here wiping asses. My son definitely exploded his diaper today too. That's not bullshit. We're wiping asses, we're drying tears, we're cheerleading, we're mentoring, we're teaching our babies how to fucking live life and not just live life, but claim that shit and own it. I tell my story because yes, I'm a black single mother, yes, I'm not sure what the fuck I be doing half the time, but I love the shit out of my babies. I love the shit out of my kids. There's nothing shameful about what the fuck I do because when the next nigga didn't want to do it and still doesn't want to do it, I'm here. My kids never want for anything. My kids don't have to wonder whether or not I'm going to be there. And sometimes you just need one motherfucker to show up. Piece of advice for single mothers before I bounce. Don't let nobody on social media, don't let no dumbass fucking jokes, don't let these fucking beard Instagram page niggas, cause they fine as shit. Don't let none of them, don't let your mama, nobody ever tell you that you're unworthy of love that's intentional. Because regardless of the circumstances, there's somebody out there that's not just gonna love you, they're gonna love the lives that you have given. If he not asking you how y'all are doing, block him. If he telling you that you need to find somebody to watch the kids, okay, do that. While you fucking block him. If he's hitting you up and you know that his ass ain't been around taking care of his kids and all of a sudden he wanna be your family, let him see his kids without fucking him for it. Why? Cause a nigga couldn't respect the fact that your ass was bringing life into the world in the first place, so why would you give it up? And lastly, single mothers just understand in the wonderful words of my boo-boo Solange, there is a seat at the table, and there's a seat at the table for everybody. And contrary to popular belief, there is a seat at the table that has a kid's menu, high chairs, and motherfucking baby wipes, bitch. Salute. This episode was mixed and mastered by Miles Dotson. I just felt like it was important to like share the story. I felt story. it necessary to share this story. One of my tonight. story is to say we need to bring back ass whoopings. They can save. So the life. reason I'm sharing this story is because I encourage you to be real with yourself when these things hurt you. But always remember to take your power back. Figure out a way to be better, and then let stuff go. I learned my lesson in riding the wave, and you know, once you get lost, 
and you find your way, then you can be one of those heroes in your book. If it was this tough for me, after having all these positive experiences, to break this programming, how hard is it for the brother who, who doesn't have those experiences? And admitting as full of magic black women have, we still break. We still can be strong and still be weak. And it's time that as black people, we acknowledge that. So thank you for sharing my story. Share your story on the next season of You Had Me at Black. To learn more, go to youhadmeatblack.com slash own. Purposely Awakened is our national media sponsor. Their publication launched in the summer of 2016 to bring awareness to issues affecting the black community and to promote black businesses, campaigns, and movements. They fulfill their mission and purpose with socially conscious images, apparel, and content that promotes positive change within the black community. You can find them at purposelyawakened.com and connect with them at Purposely Awakened on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Tribe Chicago is our Chicago media sponsor. The Tribe is a digital media platform showcasing innovative content to reshape the narrative of black millennials in Chicago. Their original works in journalism, documentary, and creative writing capture the multifaceted essence of Black Chicago from our point of view. As an independent alternative news source, they unify Black Chicago millennials in the common purpose to create a safer, more vibrant Chicago. You can find them at thetribe.com, that's T-R-I-I-B-E, or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. If you want to hear more stories like this one, leave a review. You're listening to You Had Me at Black.